Today, I want to talk to you about the force of gratitude and the impact of gratitude. How many know that gratitude is not just uh, a cliche or something that we just say, um, but it actually has an impact in our life? There is a force behind it, something that that moves us forward, something that uh, shakes the world around us. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Be sure to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things He has done for you. How about you just take a moment and consider what has the Lord done for you? Are you breathing this morning? Did you brush your teeth this morning? Praise the Lord. Did you wake up this morning? Did you, did you get here safe and sound? We have a lot to be thankful for. But Tim, that, this stuff happens all the time. It doesn't always happen all the time. We have a lot to be thankful for. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Always giving thanks. How often? Always. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ leads us in a triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Colossians 2, verse 7, Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding. Somebody say abounding. Abounding. In thanksgiving. You know, it's easy just to look over that. Abounding in thanksgiving. Well, I should just give thanks. No, when when... The Apostle Paul said, abounding in thanksgiving, it means continually increasing in your thanksgiving. You should be more thankful tomorrow than you were today. You should be more vocal in your thanksgiving next year than you were this year. Continually abounding, continually increasing in your thanksgiving. And not just things to be thankful for, but your expression of thanksgiving. Your expressions of thanksgiving should increase as you grow in Christ. You shouldn't become less thankful. You should become more thankful. You should not withhold your expressions of gratitude. You should increase in your expression of gratitude. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Can anybody finish it? Oh, my. We need to work on that. (laughs) Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His... We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Did y'all have enough coffee? Did they run out of coffee? (laughs) Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his love endures forever. Psalm 95 verse 2. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. That's better. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. You know, when we talk about being grateful, it's not just being um, appreciative for, for encountering your blessings. It's not just good social etiquette saying thank you for the nice meal or thank you uh, for, for buying my coffee. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Somebody say a lifestyle. So it's not just a, a thank you, you're welcome. You know, my daughter is... Uh, likes these uh, toddler songs, and there's a song. It just repeats itself. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. And two and a half minutes. Thank you. 
But what, are, what is that song teaching? Gratitude. Gratitude. But it's not just saying thank you and you're welcome. It's developing a lifestyle of I'm just thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to have clothes on my back. I'm thankful to have gas in my car. I'm thankful to have some money in my bank account. I'm thankful to be just breathing. A lifestyle of gratitude. And when we talk about a lifestyle of gratitude, it really reveals, it really reveals the spiritual health of a believer. If you want a good spiritual checkup, how is your gratitude? If you want a good spiritual indicator, how am I doing spiritually? Maybe ask somebody that's close to you. Am I a thankful person? Do I express my thanksgiving enough? Am I thankful enough to you? Am I thankful enough to the Lord? It's a good indicator of your spiritual health and your spiritual walk with the Lord. Gratitude is remembering God's grace, his goodness and his gifts in your life. And it's taking time. Somebody say taking time. time. Well, How long? It should increase. (laughs) It should increase. Taking time to express that gratitude with praise and thanksgiving and giving and serving. It's not enough to just be gracious and say thank you. Or I'm, I'm, uh, I'm so pleased, thank you, with our mouth. But it's demonstrating it with our actions. It's demonstrating it with our actions. You know, it's not just telling the Lord, I love you. He said, if you love me, you'll do what? You'll keep my commands. You'll obey my commands. It's not just enough to say thank you. It's not just enough to say, I love you, Lord. It's what? Putting feet to that. Putting action behind it. Added, uh, gratitude is not just uh, a cliche or, or a, it's not just something nice to say. There is a force behind it. There is a force behind it. It is a force of the born again spirit that actually accomplishes things in our life. It says in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Well, you know that gratitude is a vocalization of faith. When we have faith in God, a demonstration of our faith in Him is gratitude. Gratitude to Him, gratitude for the people that He's put in our life, gratitude for the things that He's given us. Amen? If you have a car, well, I bought that car. Who gave you the money to get it? Well, my job. Who gave you the job? Eventually, you're going to end up at one person, and that is God. (laughs) Amen? We have so much to be thankful for. It's not just something nice to say. There is a force behind the lifestyle of gratitude. Last week, Pastor Art talked about that gratitude is reactive and proactive. I want to talk to you about that just for a second. Gratitude is reactive. Somebody does something nice for us. The Lord blesses us with something. We react how? Thank you. (laughs) It's gratitude. Man, we really need some lessons on what we do when the Lord blesses us. When the Lord blesses you with something, what should you do? Thank you. Took you a second. We'll get there in a minute. When the Lord blesses you with, uh, with a meal somebody paid for, you should tell that person? Thank you. And you should tell the Lord? Thank you. 
when uh, the Lord blesses you with a new car, you should? Thank you. Amen. You should say thank you. Now we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. But not just reactive, but proactive. Wendy, Wendy alluded to this during worship. We thank him in advance. We thank him for the things that he will do in the future. I thank God that I'm going to heaven. I'm thankful that I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I'm thankful I'm not going to hell. (laughs) You should be thankful that you're not going to hell, but you are going to heaven. I'm thankful for healing. Well, Tim, how do you know the Lord's going to heal you? Because it's his will. It's his will to heal. I thank the Lord for finances. There's things I'm believing for. There's things I want to do for the Lord. And there's things I want to do for my family. Do I have it? No. But what do I do in the meantime? Thank him for it. I thank you my family is debt free. I thank you that our church is debt free. You thank him in advance. It's not just reactive. I'll thank the Lord when he does something. No. With his lifestyle of gratitude, but more importantly, the lifestyle of faith. It says that the just shall live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. And when we live by faith, we thank God in advance. We thank him in advance. Well, how do I do that? The same way you would do it as if it already happened. Well, that's silly. (laughs) It is a little bit. But you know what? I'd rather be silly and be blessed then look normal to the world and be cursed. Amen? We thank Him in advance. I thank the Lord that my children are growing to be mighty men and women of God. I'm thankful that this church is filled with people in the name of Jesus. I'm thankful that our parking lot is filled with cars in the name of Jesus. I'm thankful that uh, you're going debt-free In the name of Jesus. What are you doing? I'm thanking him in advance. You know, there's four things the force of gratitude impacts. You ready for this? Gratitude impacts our attitude. Gratitude impacts our attitude. It impacts our outlook on life. Positivity versus negativity. Hopeful versus hopeless. Joy versus depression. Gratitude impacts our attitude. You know, grateful people are just a lot better to be around. And I want to say this. You will like yourself better when you're grateful and everybody else around you will like you better when you're grateful. So not only will everybody else be happier, you'll be happier because you're just much more pleasant to be around (laughs) when you are thankful. Amen. It impacts our attitude. Not only does it impact our attitude, gratitude impacts our aptitude, APT, aptitude. That's our ability to perform. The ability to achieve great things, ability to work hard. Well, Tim, what do you mean by gratitude impacts our aptitude? Well, when I'm thankful and grateful, 
I'm a better husband. When I'm thankful and I'm grateful, I'm a better father. When I'm thankful and grateful, I'm a better servant of the Lord. I perform better. I achieve things easier. I work harder when I'm thankful and I'm grateful. And it's the same for you. You'll be a much better person to be around, but not only that, you'll be a better husband or a better wife. You'll be a better father or a better mother. You perform the things that God has called you to do better. Not only does it impact our aptitude, gratitude impacts our altitude. Somebody say altitude. altitude. That's the degree to which you rise and soar in your spiritual walk. And not just your spiritual walk, but the things that he's called you to do. You know, the higher you get into the atmosphere, the higher you get, the lower the pressure gets. Well, Tim, what do you mean by that? Well, the higher you get, the higher the altitude that you climb in in an aircraft or in a balloon, the higher that you get, there's less pressure up there. The air's thinner. Well, that's dangerous. Yeah, it is. But (laughs) the higher you get, there's less pressure. And I want to tell you prophetically today, the higher you get in your thanksgiving, the higher that you get in your gratitude, the more pressure will fall off of your life in the name of Jesus. Well, Tim, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. The more thankful you are, the less you're thinking about other things. The more that you're grateful and thankful for what you have, the less you're thinking about what you don't have. Amen? Amen. And when you're thankful and grateful for the food at the table, you're not worried about the next meal. When you're thankful and grateful for the car that you have, it puts you in a better position to receive a new car. Amen? And so the more that you are thankful, the more that you are grateful, the higher you go in the things of God, those pressures begin to just fall off. You don't feel the pressure that you used to. You don't, you're not under the, the crushing and the pressure and the, the depression and the anxiety. Why? Because you're not thinking about those things. And the higher that you get, the higher that you get above those clouds, you have clarity. You can see further. You know where you're going. Your vision is not clouded by the worries and the cares of this world. The higher that you go, the further you can see. This is where he's taking me. This is where he's called me to be. I love this this illustration. But in uh, Genesis chapter 13, God tells Abraham to lift his head. He didn't have to get very high. He just had to lift his head. You know, maybe you just need to lift your head and see where the Lord is taking you. Lift your head. Just get a few inches off the ground and see where the Lord is taking you. Not only does it affect your attitude, your aptitude and your altitude. The last one here is gratitude impacts your amplitude, amplitude like an amplifier. Gratitude increases the power of your words the effectiveness of your words, and the influence of your words. When you're a thankful person, there's more power behind your voice. When you're grateful, there's more effectiveness in what you have to say. And when you are grateful and thankful, there's more influence. Your words will affect more people and affect them to a greater 
degree. Gratitude impacts our what? Number one. Attitude. It impacts our what? Two. Number three. And. How many of you know that gratitude is not just something that we say at Thanksgiving? It's not just something that we say when we receive a gift from somebody or when somebody says something nice to us. When we decide that I'm going to live a lifestyle of faith, I'm going to live a lifestyle of gratitude, it impacts our life far more than what we could ever think or imagine. If you would, turn with me. There's a a story in Acts chapter 27. When you're there, say, I'm there. Acts chapter 27. Just to give you a little backstory, Paul appealed before Caesar. He could have gotten out many, many times, but the Lord said, You must appear before Caesar. And so he appealed his case before Caesar himself and had to be shipped to Rome. And so he's on this ship and they make their way through the Mediterranean during the most dangerous time of the year where a a yearly storm called Euroclodon would fall from Europe down onto the Mediterranean. In fact, it was so notorious that nobody wanted to sail. In fact, there was a unwritten rule, don't sail (laughs) during this time of the year. But they ventured off anyways. And then we see in verse 27, about midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as, uh, as we were driven across the Sea of Adria, um, Adria, the sailors sensed the land was near. How many days had they been in this storm? Two weeks they were in this storm. Now let's jump over to verse 33. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been uh, in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After this, he said, uh, after he said this, he took some bread and did what? Thanks. Gave thanks to God in front of them all. They were 14 days in the middle of a storm, not eating, not because there wasn't food on board, but because if they ate, it wasn't going to stay down long. This ship was tossed to and fro, not for one day or two days. They were 14 days in the middle of a storm, tearing their ship apart. You know, there's, I'd imagine there, it'd be hard pressed to find some things to be thankful for. You know, you may be in the middle of a storm. There may be a lot of terrible things going on, and you may be hard-pressed to find something thankful for. But you know what you can be thankful for? You're not alone. You got somebody with you. You got the Holy Spirit living and dwelling on the inside of you. And you may think, well, besides the Holy Ghost, I don't have anybody. I, I don't believe that. If you look around, there's hundreds of people in this room that are here. 
They're here with you. They'll pray with you. There's a phone number you can call the church and somebody will pray with you. Somebody will talk with you. Somebody will encourage you. You are not alone. He said that he took bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. 276 people. Not only are you on a boat in the middle of the Mediterranean, in the middle of Eurocladon, and that's just a name in itself. <laughs> For two weeks, being tossed to and fro, you're, you have an empty stomach, you dare not eat because it's not going to stay down long. But not only that, you have 276 other people who haven't showered, (laughs) who are probably themselves not feeling their best. There's not a whole lot that you could probably think to be thankful for, but Paul gave thanks in advance. There was nothing to be thankful for in the natural. But you know what? When you have God's perspective, there's a lot to be thankful for. There were 276 hearts still beating that day. 276 pairs of lungs still breathing. There's 276 pieces of bread that were being consumed. There was a lot to be thankful for when you decide, I'm not going to look at this through the natural God. What can I be thankful for? You know, when I was a kid, I don't know why. This is so silly. But when I was a kid and I was at kids' church or, or, or some conference or curriculum or whatever, and we would talk about gratitude. We would talk about Thanksgiving, especially this time of the year. I don't know why. But anytime they would say, if you don't know what to be thankful for, be thankful for your toothbrush. I don't know why. And this was not once, but numerous times throughout my childhood. They said, well, if you don't know what to be thankful for, Be thankful for your toothbrush. Is it silly? Yes. Do I understand it? Absolutely not. (laughs) But if you need something to be thankful for, thank God for your... Well, if you can thank God for your toothbrush, then you can thank God for the toothpaste. If you can thank God for the toothpaste, then you can thank God for the water coming out of the faucet. And if you can thank God for the water coming out of the faucet, you can thank God that, well... At least I can take that water and and, and rinse my mouth out. Now I have a clean uh, row of teeth. (laughs) And you just go on and on. There's so many things to be thankful for. Well, Tim, why, why would you be thankful for it? Because it's a lifestyle. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. You know, when you finally... There's times when you're like, okay, well, we're making some progress. There's a beach and it's sandy. I'm sure when this this storm clears, it's going to be a nice beach. We'll get a coconut and we'll drink until somebody comes and saves us. We've got it now. And then you do what? Hit a sandbar. (laughs) 
You know, the devil does that. You finally get your eyes on where you're going and then he'll put a sandbar. He'll put a reef between you and that. But the ship struck a a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and could not move. And the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. So not only was the one thing that was keeping them afloat, it is now being torn apart. <laughs> the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners. Not only was the one boat that was keeping you afloat now being torn apart, now the people that were on the boat with you now want to kill you. <laughs> the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept him uh, and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard uh, first and get to land. The rest were uh, to get on planks or other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land what? Safely. They all reached land safely. I want to tell you, before there's any kind of breakthrough in your life, there's gratitude. Before there's any kind of breakthrough in your life, you got to be thankful. You got to be thankful something's coming. I don't know where it is. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know where it's going to come from, but something's coming. And I'm thankful that the Lord is making a way. You know, it said that he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of, the, in front of them all. As soon as that he gave thanks for that bread, he broke it and he gave it to them to eat. And they were all what? Encouraged. You know, if you need some encouragement in your life, what do you need to do first? Be thankful. You know, encouragement comes on the heels of gratitude. You know, there's a lot of things in this world you can be discouraged about, but if you live a life of gratitude, it's hard to stay discouraged for long. There's a lot of things to be thankful for. There's so many things to be thankful for. Can I actually continue to read this story for you? Verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 1. Once they were safe on the shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people on the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was lying uh, them on the fire. A poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. You know, that's what the devil does. (laughs) The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul did what? Shook it off. Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was un. Harmed. You know, gratitude just shakes it off. Gratitude just shakes it off. You know, you may have gotten bitten by somebody. I'm not, hopefully, not literally. <laughs> you may have been bitten by somebody's words. You may have been bitten by somebody's actions. You may have been bitten by uh, some sort of situation or whatever. But you know what? Gratitude just shakes it off. You know, it's difficult. One of the harder things that Jesus said is love your enemies. It's, I mean, if we're all honest, 
It's probably one of the hardest things that he had to say. <laughs> can I love my neighbor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I, can I uh, love the Lord? Yeah. Can I love myself? Yeah, yeah, I can work on that. But love your enemy. Well, the enemy is the one I'm supposed to be fighting. <laughs> love your enemy. But when you know what? When you begin to be thankful for your enemy. Well, Tim, what do you mean? There's got to be something good. It's got really quiet. Some of y'all are like, man, why did I come this morning? Are we sure this is theologically correct? <laughs> it is. Love your enemy. You know, love is the highest goal and the highest law. So thankfulness is a given. We're supposed to be thankful for those. We're supposed to bless those who persecute us and pray for those who despitefully use us. You know, there was a difficult time in the ministry. And there was these people that I particularly did not like. Um, I'm going to be as vague as possible. <laughs> There's some people I particularly did not like or care for at the moment. And it was really hard to love them. And so I began this mental exercise of, well, I bless them in the name of Jesus. I bless them, say good things about them. And that was working. And then the Lord said, what are you thankful for? What are some things, some good things that, that they, they did? Lord, they didn't do anything good. They, <laughs> they did nothing good. <laughs> but you know, there is something. Somewhere. If you can't find anything, you can be thankful for your toothbrush and you can be thankful they have a toothbrush. <laughs> Amen. But no matter what the storm looks like, no matter how hard it gets, if you decide I'm going to be grateful, you climb to the highest that you can climb, you get your altitude up, you get above the storm. You shake off everything that's tried to hold you down. You shake off all the pressure. You shake off all the bites. You shake off all of the, the, the stress and the anxieties. And you just decide, I'm going to be thankful for what I have. I'm going to be thankful for where he has me. I'm going to be thankful for the calling that I have on my life. I'm going to be thankful for the people that I have in my life. I'm going to be thankful for my church. I'm going to be thankful for my pastor. I'm going to be thankful for my husband or my wife. I'm going to be thankful for my children. And you just decide, I'm going to be thankful. You'll finally break through those clouds and you'll have clarity of where he's taking me, where I'm going. Amen. Amen. You know, when there's cloudiness in your mind, cloudiness in your thought, cloudiness in your emotions, just be thankful. Just be thankful. Well, Tim, what do we do? How do we excel in gratitude? Well, the first thing is repent. You need to repent for a lack of gratitude. Our failure to appreciate the great things God has done in our life. Failure to appreciate the great things that people have done in our life. We need to repent for our tendency to gripe and grumble and complain. Remember what I said earlier. People will enjoy you a lot more <laughs> when you're grateful because you're not doing what? If you're grateful, you're not 
complaining or griping or getting into strife. When your mouth is full of gratitude, it's not full of anything else. We need to repent for our lack of gratitude. What does it mean to repent? It means to change your mind. It means I thought this way, but now I'm going to think the way he thinks about it. I'm going to change my mind. I'm not going to grumble and complain. I'm going to change it to be thankful and grateful. Number two, we need to look at things through God's perspective. Look at things through God's perspective. Well, Tim, what do you mean? He saw something in you. Amen? Did God see something in you? He said that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He saw potential in you. He saw something in you that was worth dying for. And so the least we can do is begin to see enemies, the difficult people, the difficult situations, and see it through his perspective. Amen? Amen. We need to look at things through God's perspective. You know, it says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, the Lord must have seen something in this world that was worth dying for. We need to look at things through God's perspective. You know, it's not just... It's not just... um, how do I want to say this? It's not just God's perspective, but it requires a, a working knowledge of his word. Yes. Looking through the lens of the word of God. Can somebody say that with me? Looking through the lens of the word of God. See people the way he sees them. Instead of seeing them as an enemy, you see them how the way God sees them. He sees potential in them. Where you see trouble. <laughs> And you see nothing good. (laughs) You see uh, uh, a snake. God still sees something in them. There's no one too far gone. How many of you are not too far gone? You may think you're too far gone, but I want to tell you, you're not. And lastly, make gratitude a habit. Somebody say a habit. A habit in your life. Practice it on purpose and create a habit. When we make gratitude a habit in our life, it requires practice. You know, if you want to be good at a sport or if you want to be good at at a hobby or an activity, you do what? You practice. You study. You practice it. So, Tim, what, what do you mean? Well, why don't you start today? When you go to lunch, just freak your family out. Thank them for everything. Well, I thank you for these chips. Thank you for this salsa. Thank you for my fork. <laughs> thank you for my spoon. I thank you for my, my knife. I thank you for my, my son. I thank you for my daughter. I thank you for my wife. Thank you for Jose. I thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> thank you for Los Portales. <laughs> thank you for this grande burrito. Thank you, Lord, that I... Not going to be bloated later. Thank you, Lord. Thank him in advance for what he's going to do. 
You make a habit of it. And you just take these practice times and you increase them and you increase them and you increase them. You become more powerful. You become more powerful in what you say. You become more effective in what you say. And it impacts not just you, but your family and the people that God has put in your life. Somebody say it. Make gratitude a habit. Worship team, if you go ahead and make your way up. When we make gratitude a habit in our life, I know I, I seem to repeat myself, but there's a big difference than uh, having Thanksgiving and living Thanksgiving. You know, there's 364 other days of the year. Amen. And so we can be thankful on Thanksgiving because there's a lot to be thankful for with a ham. Or if you're a turkey family, we're a both family. Uh, for a little glimpse into our house, for, for years and years and years, uh, we were a turkey only. But I loved ham. But it didn't matter because I was the son, and so we had turkey only. Uh, and every once in a while, every once in a while, we'd have a small little ham for me. But that's besides the point. I'm thankful, <laughs> thankful for that. <laughs> but then, thank the Lord, Sarah came into the family, and they were a ham family. <laughs> and so, on Thanksgiving... When, when Sarah married into the family, it was no longer what Tim wanted to do. It's what does Sarah want to do? Then when Juliana was born, it's no longer what Tim wants to do. It's no longer what Sarah wants to do. It's what does Juliana want to do? Now that Andrew's born, he doesn't have any preference yet. But when he gets to that age, it's no longer what Tim wants to do. It's no longer what Sarah wants to do. It's what Juliana and Andrew want to do. But... When you have that turkey and you have that ham, there's a lot to be thankful for. And even if the stuffing's a little dry, it's okay because you just put a little gravy on it. There's a lot to be thankful for at Thanksgiving. But then you turn to Black Friday and then you got people hitting each other with purses. You go from supposedly the most thankful, grateful day of the year to the Worst day of the year. But there is a big jump then from just living a day of Thanksgiving to a life of Thanksgiving. It requires a lot of practice. It requires a change of heart and a change of mind. And I know how this works. Many Christians, they'll start strong. Well, I'll be thankful we're going to be thankful this month. Why? Because we're hearing thank, uh, messages on gratitude and thanksgiving all through the month. And then December, well, Christmas is coming, so there's Jesus to be thankful for. Well, you should be thankful for Jesus every day. And then, you know, well, I guess we can be thankful for the new year. But then by the time New Year rolls around, that decision begins to what? And so when we make a quality decision... I'm going to be thankful. It's not just I'm going to be thankful in November. 
I'm not just going to be thankful at Christmas. I'm not just going to be thankful it's a new year. I'm going to be thankful January 2nd, January 3rd, March, April, May, June, July, the heat of August, (laughs) September, October, and now we're back to November. (laughs) But it's not just being thankful towards the end of the year and, and at the beginning of the year. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You should have a lifestyle of brushing your teeth. If you don't, I encourage you. Maybe before you even begin a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. Start a lifestyle of brushing your teeth. Not only will you enjoy you more, everybody else around you will enjoy you more. But a lifestyle. You should have a lifestyle of showering. (laughs) You know, being a youth pastor, I found out that lifestyle is not not there yet for for everybody. You should have a lifestyle of deodorant. But that's not there for every teenager. And you pray for them. You believe for them. You put it on every packing list. Deodorant, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. But because it's not a lifestyle, amen? But when you make it a lifestyle, you do it every day. You're grateful every day. Not just Thanksgiving, not just Christmas, not just New Year. You're thankful every day. You're thankful on tax day, whether you get a refund or not. (laughs) You're thankful You're grateful. You're grateful on the randomest day of the year. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what day it is. Doesn't matter what time it is. Doesn't matter what snake bit me today. Doesn't matter what's going on at the job. I'm going to be thankful. And the more you're thankful, the higher you'll climb and the less pressure you'll feel. And you get into above the clouds and you'll have clarity. You'll have clarity. You'll know, you'll see where the Lord's taking you. You won't have those pressures that you used to have. Amen? Can I pray for you?